Hey Bears fans, welcome once again to another episode of Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're here to repudiate the negative naysayers so you don't have to. <laughs> we're going to um, start off uh, with uh, some stuff. First, give them the stuff, Jim. Yeah, uh, apologies for missing the episode last week, but Chris filled in admirably, so I appreciate, appreciate that. It was a fun listen, just hearing... Some of the initial reactions to the draft, I know I've had a little bit more time myself to digest it, and we'll talk about it a little bit more in this episode, but uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore scat, and shoot us some tweets if you have reactions to the episode, Tweet or questions, up. comments, really anything you want us to address. I always love getting interaction on, on the good old Twitter. Uh, but with that, I mean, it's been a week since the draft, and... We've learned a little bit more about some of the players that the Bears drafted. They like had their, their names. Yeah, they had their rookie mini camps. The Bears signed some undrafted free agents. So I think with a week's worth of time to reflect on it, for the most part, Bears fans seem pretty happy about the actual players that they picked. It seems like uh, the, the first couple picks, Gordon and Brisker, seem like they're day one starters and could be really good for a long time. Def. Uh Valus Jones seemed like a little bit of a reach to me at the time, but he profiles as exactly the type of player that Ryan Poles likes. When seems to covet. Think about his size, skill, ability, and his ability to make things happen when he has the ball in his hands. So I think that pick makes sense to me. And then... When you get into the last couple of rounds, you're throwing darts at a board and hoping you hit something. So <laughs> the strategy that they took of let's get as many picks as we can in the sixth and seventh round, <clears throat> that makes a lot of sense to me too because some of those guys are not going to be good. Some of them might be on the roster for a long time, just as bottom of the roster guys. And the hope is that maybe one or two of them turns into a really nice player. So tough for me to nitpick any of the specific players that they drafted but when I take a step back and think about this draft it kind of is the was to me the last opportunity to add uh offensive players that you'd be really excited about I know they'll sign some more guys and as we lead up to training camp teams will release more players so the roster right now isn't the roster that will be in place on the first day of the season, but I really didn't think that we'd get through free agency and the draft without them adding at least one offensive skill player that you feel excited about, and they they haven't. They've added a lot of guys, but nobody that jumps off the page as being a day one impact player so a a name at receiver i mean really that's what everybody was looking for that's what everybody was yearning for Uh, just you know a blockbuster name that they could uh, that they could slap on the on on the table and say you know what okay we we're working our way towards a better group but polls didn't see that version he saw I need to get lots of guys, and I need to fix the money. Yeah, absolutely, and he's explained all of it very clearly. He said that the reason they didn't add a big name in free agency was because 
they don't have a lot of salary cap space and they have a lot of guys that they need to sign. So it didn't make sense to allocate a huge contract to wide receiver given how bad the team is. And that makes perfect sense to me. And he said that we didn't have a pick until the second round by then, what, six receivers had already been drafted. So he felt there was better value. Was it seven seven. before the bears? So he, he felt there was better value at other positions and, Makes perfect sense, too. It seems like they picked a couple of really good players for the defensive backfield. But when you take a step back, it's kind of, are we really, we're really doing this, I guess. Like, the Bears right now have two offensive linemen that you feel good about. They have Darnell Mooney, and then it's Byron Pringle and Equinemius St. Brown and Cole Komet. So... There's really not much there on the offensive side of the ball as things currently stand. And right. I know that they'll sign a veteran wide receiver, I'm sure, for some well, the backs are solid. Yeah, the running back room is good. Uh, and, and they'll sign a Jarvis Landry or an Emmanuel Sanders or, last week, Chris mentioned Will Fuller. So they'll get somebody like that on a one-year deal, but... Man, the the offense could look really ugly, especially we're not even talking about depth. Like the starters themselves right now project to not look Thin. very good. And if you get an injury to one or two of the wrong people, we could be looking at the bottom of the basement in terms of where this offense is going to line up in the NFL. So a long time to go before the season starts, but... right. The offense could be really bad. So. Well, and you know, the, before the before the draft, uh, after, like you said, after free agency, uh, we watched the guys whittle away. Uh, you know, that were the popular guys on the list, um, and in fairness, quite a few of them going for contracts that were way over the top. Uh, but at the same time, we we did think that we could maybe play in that pond with some of the, you know, mid guys. Uh, And then in the draft, uh, just about everybody had wide receiver ranked as the, as the number one spot that the bears needed when in actuality DB wide receiver and O-line were all of equal need um, depending on whose eyes was viewing it. And, you know, there was, we all knew that there was a very solid chance that not just the first two picks, but even the first three picks might be defense, uh, just because there's there's there were spots. But at the same time, there was a lot of people that said, "Oh, it's going to be all oh." You know, there was even the, uh, you know, the we even talked a little bit about, "Hey, maybe they'll do back to back wide receivers with yeah. thirty nine and forty eight. And you know, he he chose to go a route so that when that name, when, when Valus Jones got announced, people kind of sank a little bit. Felt, felt like, oh, okay, he did, he did draft a receiver, but that's not who I was talking about when I said I wanted a receiver. You know? and, but when you do a, a, a hard view of that guy, uh, he has a lot to offer. And I, I think that um, I, I really think that he can be a contributor right away. I mean, we were talking about the fact that Gordon and Brisker are both day one starters, right? Well, the simple fact of the matter is just Jones is going to be too. He's automatically going to be our default kick returner and punt returner. I mean, the guy averaged 15.1 on 
punt returns last year. That's that's not easy to do. He, he had, uh, which was actually, uh, I think it was number one in the SEC last year. So, um, you know, it, it, it's not like uh, it, it's not like he doesn't immediately have a spot. And uh, over the last two years, um, when he was at uh, Tennessee, he he caught eighty four balls for one thousand eighty seven yards, um, which is that's solid. Right? I mean, it's not what we were hoping for, but it's solid. Oh, and by the way, uh, in that, he had 10 touchdowns. So, you know, this guy certainly, I think from anybody's perspective, though, is that he could take a screen to the house for 80 yards. Yeah, and there's going to be plenty of opportunities for him (laughs) on, on this offense because right now... He's, I was selling hard there. Yeah, and, and it's a lot of good stats, and I think when you do a bit of a deeper dive into it, you understand what the Bears see with that pick. And Hey, don't pee in my cornflakes. Now it's just a matter of making sure he can put it all together on the NFL field, and by all accounts, and even based on the early returns from minicamp, it sounds like he's a very hard-working guy and very professional and is ready to get after it. So, Did you read about the professional thing? Yeah, I heard he showed up to rookie mini camps in a suit. So. <laughs> with, his, with his own whiteboard. Hey, you know, <laughs> you, you, you love the attitude. Just, you got it. You got to love the attitude. And if, if he can be impactful on offense in year one, then that's a great pick in the third round. But... You know, I think that he'll probably be lined up as the fourth receiver on the depth chart. Mooney will be one. I'm sure they'll sign somebody that'll slot in at number two. Byron Pringle will be three. And then Valus Jones and St. Brown will be competing for that fourth receiver spot that dresses on game days. But, you know, I, I think that he will make an impact, certainly on special teams, hopefully on offense. But... I had personally hoped that they used one of those second-round picks on a receiver, and it's not like they didn't have opportunities. Uh, the of, of the After the Brisker pick, four of the next six picks were wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So there were guys still on the board. So we're going to see how the careers of those four players specifically compare to Brisker, and Brisker might end up being really good, but... The fact is that a uh, really good wide receiver is more valuable than uh, box safety. So True. It, it's going to be interesting to follow, and this certainly will not be the last opportunity that the Bears have over the next couple years to invest in wide receivers, whether it's through free agency or trade or the draft, because every year more and more really good wide receivers come out of college because it's such an important position, and Good wide receivers make a lot of money, so a lot of people want to play it. Well, there's just more being bred. Yeah. I mean, right, for, uh, in, in, even in elementary school now, right? Because they all recognize that they're passing leagues. It used to be that, you know, uh, college dragged behind, and it was, you know, it was going to take a while. Only the freak teams, you know, did that air raid kind of crap. Well, now everybody has uh, pro offenses, you know, and then you have the, now the air raid guys literally pass on every single down. That's where, um, uh, that's where Mayhomes came from, right? He threw the ball a ridiculous amount of times. And uh, so I, all I'm saying is, is that, you know, fans, 
we're we're just the same as you. We wanted to see a guy get signed there, or we wanted to see a guy get drafted. But when I look at the guys that they did bring in, I, I got to say, I don't feel too bad about them. And when it comes to those first two draft picks, our secondary was terrible. It yeah. was easily the worst in the NFL. And I don't know whether it was statistically, but even statistically, it was 31, right? I mean, we all watched it and were just like, this is crazy how horrible this is. Yeah, it's right there in front of you every single week. Every single week. So these two players are immediately an upgrade over everybody except Jalen Johnson. So, you know, that that right there says a lot. Yeah, and the secondary might actually end up being pretty good. We um, need it. If you have Johnson and Gordon and Brisker and Eddie Jackson, that's pretty bad. You could do a lot worse than that. and A lot worse. They have some options. Like last year. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. But so they addressed that position, and that's great. So you hope that pays some dividends on the field, but having a good secondary and nothing else, you're probably still going to lose a whole lot of games. So. Well, yeah, and I, and I agree with you. And that's it, fine. Right. It's yeah. It, it, it's it's hard. It's hard to look at it and see you know where they're going to squeeze out wins. <laughs> yeah, especially in our own division, right? The Vikings and the Packers are going to be good. We know that, um, and so you know that's probably four losses right there. Yep. Um, and Detroit is more developed. However, they still have Jared Goff yeah, starting I mean, for them. Detroit should have beaten the Bears at least once last year, and you could argue both times. <laughs> you could argue both times, but they did have Jared Goff. So, yeah. you know, Jared Goff's terrible. He's terrible, right? So, you know that. So, even in our, the microcosm that is our own division, uh, it, it it's it's like you said. But I feel like these are the kind of steps that they have to make so that they are competitive with those teams and not for one season not not for one 2018 where i mean let's face it when we got to the playoff game we all found out there was a there was some pretending there was some uh the ball bounced our way kind of things going on that year right so this is a way to actually build a team so that when we look at the team we're like wow, uh, we have not only some strength, but we got some depth as well. We can finally be real uh, real contenders with these teams. Because we already found out that, you know, uh, uh, Cousins is signed for this year and next year, um, and so is uh, Rodgers. So we're going to have to contend with that. Yeah, and this was never going to be a one-year turnaround. Right. There was just too much to do. There's plenty of examples in the NFL of, uh, coaching staff turning over and maybe a roster that had been underachieving gets some new leadership and some new excitement in the building and that's why you always hear about the worst to first thing the, the worst to first stories in the NFL this is not going to be one of those because <laughs> first of all the division's too good second of all the roster was so bad at the end of last year because Ryan Pace had just kicked the can down the road so many times and invested in bad free agents and traded away draft picks. And we've complained about about it a whole bunch. We don't need to go into all the details, but it's going to take a couple of years to turn this thing around. And it makes perfect sense to try to 
start getting as many good football players as you can, no matter what position they play, because Absolutely. the fact of the matter is the team doesn't have very many good football players right now. And, and you know, just real quick. So, you know, you you were talking about him trading down and, and just massing guys, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when you look at that mass, um, some of them have some real serious skill sets from college. Uh, but, you know, like this thing or that thing kind of shoved him down the list as far as the draft goes. And the other guys that he picked all have a ton of athletic ability. Now, will that translate into be, them being good good players? Who knows? It's probably, it might be less than a 50-50 coin flip. But at the same time, there are guys that could be uh, something more than they have achieved. Absolutely, and... Like you said, it, it is something of a coin flip when you start talking about 5th, 6th, 7th round picks. Sometimes it's just luck. So the Bears went into the draft, I think, with three picks in those last three rounds, maybe four, and they turned Dude, it into six. The, they ended up with 11 picks. Yeah. So it's it's like... Flip- Out of, they started with six. They ended up with 11. And they used their first three where they had them. Okay. So... In, because it is a bit of a coin flip at that portion of the draft, give yourself as many opportunities as you can to land on the right side of the coin. And Absolutely. Most of those guys, you know, they're, they're not going to be long-time Chicago Bears, I wouldn't bet. I mean, some of them will probably even get cut before the, the first game of the season. Yeah. But the hope is that you got a couple of guys there that can stick around and be capable players and that you get one or two that can actually be Pro Bowl-type players. I mean, that's the idea there. And when you talk about him drafting players that have high upside athletically, that's the idea. It's that you get guys in here that fell down the draft board for one reason or another, and you coach them up. Right. This coaching staff. <laughs> that's what is, they're supposed to do. Yeah, and <laughs> that that's what we haven't seen with the Bears in the past. And you can't even, I guess, say that because Ryan Pace, his one strength seems to be drafting in the fifth round. <laughs> but yeah, the approach of Ryan Poles of getting as many picks there, I think, works really well. And they've got a ton of new offensive linemen, so right. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see one or two of those late round picks starting games at some point this season. And you know, uh, when it comes to that, I, I'll be the first to admit I've been waiting forever to see somebody do that. We should have been drafting offensive linemen for years and years and years. Yep. Instead, we got Pace drafting Lachavius Simmons and Arlington Hambright. Well, those were offensive linemen. <laughs> <laughs> In the seventh round, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's something that has been needed uh, for a long time. I mean, no, I haven't forgot that Pace also drafted Cody Whitehair uh, or Daniels. Um, you know, he did... He did use some high picks, but the thing was is that he needed to spread it out a little bit more. And and I feel like with with polls, he's just like, I got to attack this hard, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to bring in a whole bunch of guys and pick out the best five I can. You know that yeah. uh, that that guy that he picked, um, uh, the uh, what's his name, uh, Doug Kramer. I like that pick. You know, he picked him uh, late in the sixth round. 
He started 47 games in Illinois at center, yep. right? His the knock on him is uh, I think his arms are kind of short, right? So, but I mean, if they if he can step in and be center, well, then suddenly we get to kick Patrick over to right or left guard, right? We do still have a white hair. We we do have guys that um this uh they were talking about this uh, Jatire Carter, yeah, uh, that's the Southern pick yep. that. Well, he's not going to be a, a, a tackle in the NFL, but he certainly might be a really great guard in the NFL, right? Or um, Zach Thomas, yeah. that one, that one too. He was a tackle at San Diego State. Started at left and right tackle. Might not be there, but could be a good guard. So yeah, and that's I, I think what they're going for is get a lot of offensive linemen, especially players that have shown an ability to be versatile and play different positions and. Throw them all in training camp and may the best five win. Right. So that seems like a reasonable enough strategy to me because when I look at the line right now, I see Cody Whitehair as pretty much the only player that I'm confident can be even above average. Patrick is penciled in as a starter, but that's a veteran player that signed a one-year $4 million deal. So... He might, At least he's known by our offensive coordinator. Yeah, and he might be fine, and he probably will be fine, but there's a reason he signed a one-year, $4 million deal. So right. it's not like he's going to come in here and be an all-pro. Um, and after that, it's Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borum, and you hope... Borum got on the field. Jenkins didn't get that much time on the field, but Borum did get some real time on the field Yeah, and I year. think he graded out okay, but... We'll see if either of those two are able to put together a full season, and that to me is a pretty big if. And then there's a fifth spot on the line that who knows who's going to play it. I think because White Whitehair plays left guard, right? Yeah, yeah. So the right guard right now is anybody's guess who's going to be starting there week one. So you know, one thing uh, also that we can reflect on is the fact that uh, Poles uh, takes this attitude. I'm going to draft a guy based on his athletic ability and, you know, what I think I can get, uh, what kind of potential and upside I see, and then I'm going to bring him in and I'm going to let him prove it. Yeah. I don't care what spot he played in college. I want to see what he can do. Instead, we just came from the guy who was like, yep, I'm drafting him and he's going to play this spot. Well, we don't know whether he can play that spot at all. In fact, he really didn't play it in co- I don't care. That's where we're going to put him. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> when, when you look at it from the player's perspective, that's one advantage of the Bears roster being as bad as it is because they're going to look to maximize the players that they drafted and... There's plenty of spots open. So <laughs> if, if a guy comes in that was a left tackle, but in camp he shows out as a left guard, they're probably going to put him at left guard. They're basically working with a blank canvas on the offense at the moment because other than quarterback, running back, and a couple of other players, there's a whole lot of opportunity to step in and make an impact right away here. So... It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Right now, I I was just thinking about this offense and the players that are on it. And when you talk about Mooney and Komet and Whitehair, putting quarterback aside, when you talk about those three guys plus some good running backs, 
I'm not sure that there's a worse offense on paper in the NFL. If you know, we talk about that, that's you know that's hard to look. I mean, I agree with you. Yeah, uh, but you know when you, you you'd have to look at you'd have to look at everybody and you know see how it breaks down. I, I, what I, how I'm looking at it is because you know last year was such a question mark, right? At, at, at all the offensive positions. Yeah, I, I know one thing. I feel more confident in what I saw out of Justin Fields than I did out of Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence. And yeah. they both went before him. Yeah, right? none, none of them played well. Yeah, none of them played that, that well. The only one that did was Mac Jones, and that was because he stepped into a ready-made position, right? With arguably one of the, well, not arguably, one of the greatest coaches in the history of the NFL. Yeah. So, you know, uh, he had a, he, he got... He, he got into a really good spot, right? But otherwise, um, you know, Davis Mills showed out a little bit. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot there's a lot of football to be played this year. And uh, what I like to hear is polls coming out the other day uh, and uh, uh, Getze coming out and saying, no one is outworking Justin Fields. Yes, I heard that too. You know, I mean that that just to me that shines. You know, it, no one is outworking that guy, and that to me is why he was that he has the accolades that he does is because he, he's worked his ass off like this his whole career. You know, as a as a as a high school player, as a as a college player. It, we we look at these things, you know. You and I have talked about the fact that, you know, there's very few guys, if any, at quarterback position in the history of the Bears that had the kind of accolades this kid had coming in, and we're just very conditioned to seeing quarterbacks come in and fail miserably. So we kind of we kind of already have some blinders on yep. as to as to what his next level is. Yeah, and I, I hope it matters, and I hope that he's going to get a fair shake at this because last year, I don't think he did. The coaching was too bad. His best receiver, Allen Robinson, took the season off. <laughs> and I think that if Justin Fields had been really good last year, it would have been a minor miracle. I mean, we'd be talking about him like he is – on on path to be Russell Wilson or Mahomes or one of the elites of the elite if he had taken his situation last year and somehow made it work. So the coaching should be better this year. I think we're all taking that as a given because I don't really know how it could get worse. (laughs) Um, When you look at Nagy's, A, just the way he handled fields in training camp and leading up to the season and then when you consider the actual game plans once Fields did get in there, it's going to be really hard for him to be in a worse position from a coaching standpoint. But the talent on the offensive side of the ball, I, I have a real hard time thinking that they're better at this point this year on offense specifically than they were last year. Defense, I think they're probably better because of Eberflus plus the draft picks plus a couple of the free agents that they've signed. But offensively, they're at the same place or arguably even worse when you think about losing Robinson, losing Daniels, and 
that's tough. And uh, all and pretty much an, an entirely new group. Yeah, that all has to mesh together. And as you were saying, uh, you know, really, when you look at the offensive line, there's one spot filled. You know, I mean, w- you know, wow, uh, talk about uh, uh, you know a complete unknown. Um, and at rece- arguably, you could say the same thing about receiver. There's one known, you know, Mooney. That's it. And we don't know exactly how much Mooney can grow. Uh, it does seem like Poles and Flus are looking at him as a number one. Is he really a, num- a, a true number one? You and I have both said on, on the show, no. <laughs> and, there's, and we're not alone. There's a lot of fans out there that are like, no, he's not a number one. But, um, uh, but I think we're both confident in the fact that he can certainly be um, a factor for the team and on a national level, on an on a NFL level. Um, and then, uh, you know, Komet. I, I, Komet and, and Fields seem to have established a really good rapport, and Mooney as well. And I think that will certainly be a factor. I can see Komet uh, up in his game uh, another notch. I hope so. I agree with you that there's definitely some upside there. Uh, I, I don't know that he has the athleticism to be a truly elite tight end, and he doesn't necessarily have to be that. There's certainly value in having a tight end that's just solid, that yeah. catches a lot of passes, that can block well, and I, I certainly still think that's attainable for Cole Komet. I, I don't think he's been a bust by any means, even though... I think by now you'd have liked to have seen a little bit more production from somebody that was drafted where he was. But, yeah, he's seen, I, I, I bet he'll be good, and Mooney's good, but they don't have anybody on offense that scares you when they have the ball in their hands, really, other than Fields himself. No, they don't. But that's going to be, I mean, I, 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 I think what it's looking like their strategy is going to be is, run the ball a lot and try to put fields in a position to complete a lot of, you know, not check downs, but run the offense in a way that maximizes his ability to be successful, whether that's moving the pocket or giving him some short throws or taking away one side of the field. So I think it's probably going to be a pretty unexciting offense for this next year at least while they continue to build the roster up and hopefully put Fields in the best position to be all systems go in 2023. But it's... uh, You know, the offense was terrible last year. I mean, we don't even need to look at wins and losses. I mean, you can look at any of the statistics. It it was a, a total failure. But even with that, Fields did have some sparks. He did have some plays that weren't luck, right? They were... They were his abilities that made them successful. So, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, that's going anywhere. I mean, I think he has that innate ability and that uh, that football intelligence to make those things happen. It's just like you said, it's, there's not the personnel that he needs. The coaching staff is completely new. There's so many new people. There's so much new, new, new that's all coming together. It's hard to look beyond it and say, you know, that the team is, I don't know, maybe going to struggle to even be a five-win team. Well, 
I actually can't believe that they won six games last year. <laughs> I, I don't know how they did that in, in hindsight, just with the coaching being what it was and just some of the weird roster construction. I mean, Jason Peters started almost every game at left tackle <laughs> and did well. So th- the fact that they won six games even to me is something that, is just an example of in the NFL you just win just because sometimes and I wouldn't be surprised if they win some more games this year just because it's a new coaching staff and we can talk about the defense I actually think the defense has a chance to be okay and you can win games in the NFL by being disciplined and by running the ball and by not being stupid I I don't think you win a Super Bowl doing that but you can get seven, eight, nine wins if you get lucky and the ball bounces your way. But it also wouldn't surprise me if this team wins two or three games next year and they're yeah. picking in the top five. And maybe that's the plan. I don't know. but I, I don't think uh, – Poles does not strike me as that kind of, as that kind of GM. Um, I mean, I think he's a realist in the fact that he um, he's doing things – he's been pretty open about the fact that, guys, um, we're looking at – we're looking at 2023. Yeah. Okay. You know, um, we're, we're looking at 2024 and he has real goals as far as this team winning a championship. I, I 100% am sold on that. Oh, I'm sure he's got a five-year plan, but he also is smart enough to recognize that, as you said, everybody has to realize that the guy knows that he can't turn the team around in this amount of time. It's not possible. But what he can do is put the team in a better spot so that next year we're, we're able to make some real, some real moves that could put us into maybe a playoff team. Yeah. And when I say that, they might win two or three games. I don't necessarily think that's the plan. I don't think that they're trying to lose. You you do see that in the NFL where you see teams tear down whatever they have and try to be bad for a year or two so that they can draft a quarterback first overall or they can get a pick in the top five. Like here, there was nothing to tear down. It was it was it was already torn down already, when Ryan Poles took the job. It was already dilapidated. Yeah, so. I don't think that he's necessarily coming into this and saying, "Well, I had a small kitchen fire." Yeah, it was. It's a mess, and I don't think he's necessarily coming into this and saying, "Well, we've got a team that could win eight games theoretically, but I'm going to tear this thing down and win two games and then draft Bryce Young." I, I don't think that's what he's doing necessarily, but like you said, he recognizes that no matter what players you add to this roster the team's probably still not going to be very good so instead of doing what ryan pace did for the last four or five years where you try to put band-aids over things that need to be completely redone i think he's just trying to start from the bottom and he recognizes that this is not a one-year job so i don't necessarily even take issue with the strategy or the way that He's handled this offseason. I think it would be very hard to complain about it when you look at it from the lens of a team that's not going to be good. Right. But it's a little bit of a strange situation, too, because 
normally when you have a team that's rebuilding like this, they didn't just draft a quarterback in the first round. So going into this Hallelujah. (laughs) Can we get a little little goodness just out of that fact? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, going into next year with just nothing to work with on the offense, really, it's it's an interesting strategy. I hope it pays off. Worst case scenario is if, the team is just too bad next year because of the talent on offense and Fields either gets hurt or just can't be successful because he doesn't have competent NFL wide receivers. I mean, Darnell Mooney's great and all, but what happens if Darnell Mooney gets hurt? Yeah. You know, and that could happen. He's not a very Easily. big guy and injuries happen in the NFL. So it's an interesting dilemma and I think it might end up being a pretty tough watch on offense in 23 and maybe I'm wrong. They could make a trade between here and the start of the season to get a more dynamic option in here on offense, but something tells me that's not going to happen. It doesn't seem like Ryan Poles wants to build a team through trades and free agency. You know, also, one of the things that I, I, I'll be entertained by, you're right, that it does not look like the offense is going to produce much as far as points are concerned, but I would be encouraged if we just see real plays yeah you know we see the team come out um uh getsy was saying i want to see 11 as one yeah and i i like that i thought that was pretty cool um because that's what i want to see i i'd like to at least see them come out and be a cohesive unit right we obviously we're not going to see that for a while because it's going to take them a while but just that mindset, even if they're losing, even if they're not scoring very much, if we just see that, I would be, I would be happy. Yeah, think about any, any other team that you watch in the NFL. The, 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 <laughs> any the, other team. The top 20 teams. We'll take, Except the Jaguars. Yeah, we'll take out the Jaguars and the Lions and the teams that are always at the bottom, which, by the way, includes the Bears. Yeah. But <laughs> if you look at the teams that make the playoffs or the teams that are competing for the playoffs, you turn on one of their games and, yeah, they might be playing a good defense, but they just find a way to move the ball. Here's a five-yard run on first down. Here's a quick hitch to the slot receiver to pick up a seven-yard gain, and they just move the ball down the field, and then the really good teams have the explosive playmakers, and that's the way you get to be elite in the NFL. But any other representative NFL offense just looks different than how the Bears have run things over the last four, eight, ten, twenty years. Yeah. So that's the goal, and I think that the quarterback is in place. I I still think Justin Fields has all of the ability to be a very good player. And I am hopeful that with some better coaching and another year of experience under his belt, that we see some of that on the field this year. I just think he's working against a lot of other challenges just because of how little talent the bears have on that side of the ball. And That'll change after next year because they're going to have their full. Uh, they're going to have their their full allotment of draft picks after next year. Yeah, you know what? They're going to have their their cap space. Yeah, if if Pace was still in charge right now, would we be saying we have a first round draft pick next year? 
No, you uh, know we, you know he would have traded it. Yeah, this year. Pace would have probably traded one of the seconds and next year's first <laughs> for, to for, move into like the late first round. Or he, something. You know he would have done it. Yeah, and he would have drafted some pass rusher that ends up not being good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, so maybe I, I we transition to the defense a little bit because the defense might actually be okay. Just, the defense has some pieces. Yeah, I, I think so. I think secondary looks a lot better after the draft. Also, it's not too bad that our new head coach just happened to move his entire defense from the Colts to us. And the Colts pretty good at developing defensive backs. Yeah. So I think that could be an area of strength. Uh, Roquan is obviously still elite in the middle and they they keep waffling back and forth on that a little bit because they won't commit to playing him as the weak side linebacker which is where a lot of people think he's going to line up Mm -hmm. uh so it's possible he still lines up at middle linebacker but either way i think he'll be a dynamic playmaker and the pass rush could be pretty good too especially if they don't trade robert quinn which doesn't make sense to me i don't know why you would go to camp with him on the roster but if there was going to be a time to move him, it would have been the draft. So I, I would have thought hit. so, too. Yeah, unless they're trying to trade him for another pick next year, which I suppose is possible. But the defense, like you said, they've got some pieces. And defense, you can find guys a little bit more easily than on offense. You can find players that get cut off a roster that are undrafted free agents that can come in and fill some holes on the defensive line. That's probably the biggest area of concern for me is just defensive tackle. Yeah. Because the Bears last year just couldn't stop the run. I like the I, I like Jones. I yeah. like the new guy. Um, I looked at his numbers. He has good numbers. Yeah. He he was he was getting ready to take a step up, uh, whether he would end it up with us or not. That was going to happen. Yeah. So you know the fact that Eberflus called him up and said, "Hey, come come step up with us." I love that. Yeah. Uh, and I. I do. I think that we have some real solid pieces there, uh, and we need it. Uh, you know, the the one the the nice thing about looking at those two draft picks uh, is that yes, boom, they're going right in there. And, and, and you know, you were listing it out earlier with Johnson and Jackson there too. That's that's uh, from on paper that looks like a pretty decent secondary, right? Yeah. And we also got you know a couple of guys. Who can do some other stuff? Having Kendall Vildor as in a dime is, I think, is solid. Um, you know, he, he's your number five DB, or Thomas Graham as your number five DB. Uh, you know, um, though, having those guys and not having to plug them in and say, yeah, we know that you're not that good, but guess what? You're starting. You know, I mean, it, we're going to see an entirely different kind of play out of them. Yeah, when when the starters aren't even good, it kind of pushes everybody up a level. Yeah. So, Kendall Vildor was probably playing two or three levels above where he should have been last year because he just isn't a starting quarterback in the NFL, at least at this stage of his career. But he might be a fine slot guy in a dime package or... Right. And, you know, special teams player, so... Drafting. I mean, they literally went to him and just said, hey, guess what? You're the starter now. Yeah, so drafting those two guys hopefully 
allows the rest of the backfield to be positioned a little bit more appropriately on the depth chart, and you don't have guys punching above their weight. So I, I like that. I, I think that the Brisker pick specifically should help Eddie Jackson, at least theoretically. I know you talked last week about how he hasn't been the same since Amos left, and you can't argue that. He has not been the same, and you don't know if that's maybe because he didn't have other competition or because he was trying to compensate for other weak players in the secondary, and that was, you know, then he had to be a little bit more conservative as opposed to in 2018 when he was able to take some more chances and get all those turnovers. We don't know what the true issue is, but we know he hasn't been good. And I think this is kind of a last shot for him, at least with the Bears, because the secondary should have enough good players now that he can go back to that style of play that he was so successful at early in his career. And if it doesn't happen, I think he'll be playing somewhere else in 2023. Agreed. And, uh, yeah, when I was talking about it, it's not something new. I've been talking about how, uh, you know, our... uh, our, our in-the-box safety has been a problem. And I, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody's seen that. You know, uh, So just bringing in a guy who is a dynamic player, uh, he's got good speed, uh, he's a ball hawk, he actually looks like he could play either safety spot when you're looking, when you're looking at tape from him at Penn State. Uh, he's got really solid stats, too. Uh, I mean, I, I think that you're looking at a different player that takes some of that heat off Jackson because we some of it is obviously whatever's going on with Jackson. I don't know whether it's his limitations as a as a player or in his head or whatever it is. I'm just saying that his his chemistry when he had Amos there certainly brought a better player out than the one that we've seen since Amos left. And you know, uh, you know, another thing I wanted to plug in there is is when they brought in Tavon Young. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, it, by all accounts that I read, he is a really good slot guy. Yeah. So I mean, we we're looking at a, a, an entirely new secondary that on paper is not even in the same vicinity as what we had last year. No, they have five NFL players now. <laughs> you know? Like Oh, that's what it is? Yeah. They they have players that you can see out there and you don't want to throw up immediately. <laughs> and the thing is that secondary is a spot that is prone to injury and kind of the catch with all this is that when inevitably players do get injured yeah. The backups on the Bears are still going to be bad because they just don't have depth on their roster. But if you at least are upgrading the starting point, then kind of like what I was talking about earlier, it, it allows everybody else on the defense to slot into a role that they're probably better positioned to be successful in. So I, I'm excited to watch that secondary play. I hope that the Bears have enough up front on the defense to pressure the quarterback and to not just allow teams to run five, six yards up the middle on every play. Because if the start, if if the front of the defense is weak, then 
teams aren't going to challenge the Bears in the secondary just because they're not going to need to. But, right. Uh, obviously, a lot to go, a lot of time to go until the season starts. But, yeah, you know, if we can go from having the worst secondary in the NFL to uh, a pretty good one, then that's something at least. Well, um, you know, we can look uh, at uh, Eberflus's track record. Uh, he literally took the 31st-ranked defense in the NFL and made them 10 yeah. the next year. And, you know, that's there's something happening there. That's not a fluke. It doesn't A fluke doesn't work that way, right? What were so, the Bears last year? What was their defense? Terrible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they were 31 in most categories. Uh, you know, that... It was the opposite, right? Nobody really needed to run the ball against us because they could pass the ball <laughs> so easily, which went around and turned out, turned out the run. So even where they're usually good, which is against the run, they struggled there too. Yeah, the Bears couldn't stop the run or the pass last year. It was, it was just, and that's the crazy, one of the craziest things is that somehow, you know, Quinn sets the sack record for the team. is one of the has one of the best sack seasons of anybody in the NFL on an awful team. <laughs> so I don't know. That was kind of freaky. Um, did you guys talk about uh, Dominique Robinson at all? So we we did touch on him a little bit. I think he's an intriguing player. Yeah. How about that? He went to college as I. I can't remember what position he played in high school, but... He was a quarterback. Okay, so he was quarterback, then he played wide receiver in college, and then he <laughs> became a defensive end. A defensive end his last season, and apparently just incredible athleticism, and did really, really well at the Senior Bowl. So maybe the Bears got something there if they this defensive coaching staff can take that raw talent and turn him into... Uh, really good pass rusher. That's going to be a fun one to watch over the next couple of years because sometimes you get guys like that and they just suck and they just are dead on arrival and they just can't play. And other other times you get kind of that, like I said, raw athleticism and you can actually convert it to a really nice player on the NFL level. So th- that'll be a fun guy to keep your eye on because – from everything I've heard, just athletically, he's just off the charts. Well, and you know that's uh, that is one of the interesting things is um, uh, he he has the frame, yeah, six foot five, two fifty three, yeah. real six foot five, right? Um, and then we have the new signee El Quadin uh, Muhammad, yep. uh, that um, you know that's another. He's twenty seven years old. He's already shown that he can play at this level. And he's an Eberflus guy. And he's an Eberflus guy. And then Travis Gibson, right? I mean, there's three young defensive ends, right? I mean, while I think you're right, you know, if we we can keep Quinn, um, I think that's a a good player to have as a veteran presence there. Um, But he's he's got some guys around him. That uh, have some youth to them and have some real uh, serious upside to to bring some pressure. Yeah, Gibson's a guy that I really just like. Just he he makes plays out there and he runs around and 
play he plays with that intensity that you want to see. Muhammad sounds like a solid player. If they bring Quinn back, I disagree with that, but he's a really nice player still. And this guy Robinson, this guy Robinson, I have slated in as a guy that's just going to knock somebody's head off in like a preseason game. <laughs> like he's going to be in there at the end of a preseason game, and he's just going to destroy some bum quarterback on the Browns or whoever they're playing. But yeah, I, I think that. From a pass rush perspective, especially if they keep Quinn, it'll it'll look all right. The interior of the line, I know we talked about Jones a little bit. That's really the only guy they have in there, and that I could kind of see is the weak spot of the defense. Is if teams are able to just run the ball right down the Bears' throat, then they're going to have a tough time getting off the field. But still, a lot of time, and I think defensive tackle is a place that you can still sign some late free agents or you can wait for guys to get cut off a roster so that well, might and end you up know, looking better. You know, um they for you know at the at the defensive tackle position they still have Angelo Blackson um and Kyrus Tonga. Now I don't know whether Tonga is the kind of player that um you know that Flu season his defense or Alan Williams season his he defense. Played a lot last year. But he did play quite a bit last year, so that means he does have a little something and uh, he definitely has some some serious strength. Uh, so he, I think, I'm pretty sure he did 25 reps at, at at the at the combine. Yeah, he's a big guy, and you know, you think about all the players that the Bears lined up at defensive tackle over the years when Lovey Smith was running this same defense, and it's a spot where you can find guys. Mm-hmm. So that. They've got some time to work with. I'm I'm less concerned with that than I am what we talked about at receiver, offensive line, just because on the offensive side of the ball, those are more premium positions, and difference makers are off the board now, largely. So we're going to see how it all plays out, and it's going to be fun to watch this roster come together, and you know, it's not going to be that long until we're talking about training camp kicking off now. So it's crazy, right? I mean, it's not that far away. Um, I I will say, you know, you know, fans, we're not trying to like make it sound like everything is you know sunshine and and, and roses, but uh, there are some there are some good things, and the and the hardest part is just that uh, we want to see certain improvement. We all want to see improvement at wide receiver. That's not new, though. That's been for a long time. I mean, if you really look at receiver throughout the years, there's not that many good ones in the Bears' history. Nope. So it's some. It's it's a spot that's been a sore for a long time. And do we have the guy right now that is going to be our guy? We don't know yet. Um, but, you know... We definitely need help there. It, that's there's there is a deficit there. There is a hole there that has to be filled, and I think that it can be. Um, you know, you were mentioning. Well, if the team does really terribly, we could end up with a top five pick, right? And we take one of the you know we take one of the best receivers in the uh, in in college next year, and there's going to be a crop of them. There's going to be, in fact, there's already. Uh, talk that there's going to be some serious studs at the elite studs at the top. So, uh, you know, I I would love to see it that that's the piece that we need. 
Yeah, it's not off the table that the Bears have the worst record in the NFL next year. <laughs> I mean, I don't think so. I, I think that the Jets still stink. At the Jets had a great draft, though. They did have a great draft, but they still stink. Yeah, there's bad teams every year. The Lions are still going to be pretty bad, I think. And, and to me, Zach Wilson did the worst of all of them by far. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because, you know, if we, if we play out that hypothetical, there's go- if the Bears really are that bad and they're picking in the top five, there's going to be people saying they should draft another quarterback, so... We'll see how that all plays out. I'm not ready to have that discussion just yet because Fields... uh, We have to give the kid a chance. Yeah, and and he didn't get a chance last year, and it's debatable right now whether or not he's even going to get a great chance this year, but we'll we'll see. And uh, I certainly think that from all aspects that he is in a better position, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean... And I and I, I challenge anybody to to come up with a reason that he's not because he he the just the people that are around him all seem to have a much better attitude than the team had at all last year. Yeah, and they're not going to have Willy Wonka on the sidelines <laughs> trying to show the rest of the NFL how smart he is. Right. I, I don't get the sense that he actually gets a whole off season. <laughs> Yeah, there's no Andy Dalton. I kind of forgot about Andy Dalton already. Oh God, we want to forget about Andy Dalton oh, already. All of the, uh, all of the ranting and raving that I did and that everybody did about that. Uh, and you know, and they, you know, they just said, "I love it." Polls is just like just dump foals. We we tried to get something for him. We're not going to get something for him. Just get just get him out of yeah, here. Yeah, go away. Yeah, you know. So uh, that's another thing I'll give him kudos on. Yeah, they, they're going to have to eat a big, old, nasty horse pill this year. But uh, next year, we're going to be flush. They're, they're going to be flush in so many ways next year. I mean, he's really setting this thing up well, right? And I think that even with that, he's still making he's still making uh, astute uh, acquisitions at, at places that we need it. And you know there, there was three there was three major holes right Re- receiver offensive line and 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 secondary. Well, I think that he addressed secondary. I think that offensive line he at least has something to hold on to, yeah. something tangible. Got a lot of guys. Yeah, and then you know of course receivers the the spot where we're still weak. It's not a total disaster though, but it's. It's weak. Yeah, it is. And play, play this game because last year we went through the roster several times and we could count like four guys that you really felt good about. <laughs> so the fact that they're adding to that list is something to enjoy for now because you've got more players now that you're excited to watch, whether that's Brisker or. They're shitty. Gordon or Jones or one of the players that they took later in the draft. At least they're adding players to the list of guys that can be out there and look like they belong in the NFL. So <laughs> for now, I guess we'll take that as a small victory and hopefully better things ahead over the next couple of months. Hopefully the roster comes together a little bit better than where I see it projecting out to, but that's uh, just something we're going to have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, and I, I, I feel like... Um... 
as we get closer and closer to training camp, uh, we find out a little bit more about where people are going to play. Um, you know, it will it will bring a little bit more sunshine to what is kind of seeming seeming a little like you know we're just kind of standing in place, but but they're not. They're not. They're. I believe that they're rolling forward. It's just at a it's at a slow tempo. And it's it's going to take a lot a lot more change for for things to really happen. So, well, that's it for this week, fellas. Uh, we enjoy uh, doing this every week. Uh, make sure that you tweet out some stuff. Yep, uh, at Bears underscore Scat. Uh, and yeah, if you have thoughts on the off season on the draft, we'd love to hear them and talk about them on the show. So, shoot us a follow on Twitter. Shoot us a message, and we'll. Be addressing whatever feedback you have. Bear down. Bear down.